VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Crosstalk here on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, as we speak right now, the World Economic Forum is underway in Davos, Switzerland, as they are pushing for world governance to take place. And as we take a look at the World Economic Forum's website, they give an overview as to their meeting, their comings together. People, societies, and companies face the reality of a world in transformation. In addition to the seemingly endless supply of shocks with the tragic violence in the Middle East being the most recent, deep structural shifts are clearly afoot from geoeconomics to climate change to artificial intelligence. Given this level of uncertainty and the high stakes involved, there is a clear need to move past the diagnosis of challenges firmly towards solutions. With trust eroding, I should say so, folks, with trust eroding, long-term visions may be too abstract to rally around while merely focusing on responses to current shocks will leave everyone vulnerable to the transformations at hand. What is needed are new and upgraded platforms for dialogue, stronger partnerships, agile policy frameworks, and effective deployment of technologies that can lead to practical and implementable gains for societies across both short-term and strategic horizons. Uh, Against this backdrop and to instill a measure of collective agency, it's necessary to start restoring trust at three fundamental levels into the future, within societies, and among nations. Therefore, the 54th Annual Meeting of the World Economic Forum will convene under the theme Rebuilding Trust to provide the crucial space to step back and focus on the fundamental principles driving trust, including transparency, consistency, and accountability, ladies and gentlemen, for which there is none of this with the World Economic Forum. The theme is that of rebuilding trust. And and the reason they have this theme of rebuilding trust is because the peoples of the world have lost trust in the World Economic Forum. And they're pushing and coming alongside with the World Health Organization, even as they're pushing, you know, for uh, worldwide immunizations to take place and digital passports and all this that's taking place. They indicate that this 2024 meeting, which is now underway, will welcome over 100 governments from around the world, all major international organizations, the forum's 1,000 partner companies, as well as civil society leaders, the foremost experts today's youth generation, social entrepreneurs, and the media. And so they have the uh, three-pronged goal of their program, achieving security and cooperation in a fractured world, creating growth and jobs for a new era, uh, artificial intelligence is a driving force for economy and society, and what they say about that is this, how can we use AI to benefit all? How is the divergent regulatory landscape balancing innovation with societal risk? How will AI interface with other transformative technologies, including 5 and 6G, quantum computing, and biotechnology? And then also a long-term strategy for climate, nature, and energy. How can we develop a long-term systemic approach to uh, achieve the objectives of a carbon-neutral, nature-positive world by 2050 while providing affordable, secure, and inclusive access to energy, food, and water? How do we balance these trade-offs to achieve social consensus? And so they're meeting under those ploys here at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. And they even list a number of their partnering, uh, well, their partners that they have in corporations around the world, including AIG, Google, Amazon, AstraZeneca, Bank of America, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, BlackRock, BP, Chevron, Citi, the Coca-Cola Company, Dell Technologies, uh, Goldman Sachs, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, Hitachi, Honeywell. There is also IBM, Johnson & Johnson, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, MasterCard, Microsoft, uh, Mitsubishi uh, Corporation, Morgan Stanley, Nestle, Open Society Foundations, folks, that is George Soros, uh, PayPal, PepsiCo, Pfizer, Qualcomm, uh, there is a Sony Group, 
Unilever, Verizon Communications, Visa, Volkswagen Group, Volvo Group, Zurich Insurance Group, and many, many others I did not name. That's all whom they are boasting as being a part of this. Now, just to backtrack, just to backtrack from a year ago, looking back just a year ago, remember it was Klaus Schwab who delivered a speech. It was at the Crystal Awards ceremony on the opening day of the World Economic Forum 2023 Davos Conference. LifeSiteNews.com has a story. In that address, he framed the world as a complex of problems to which his organization is the solution. Talking about how the World Economic Forum frames itself as a kind of emergency exit for humanity. And as we had uh, done programming on last year's World Economic Forum, you'll remember they uh, did a big emphasis on abortion being a key part of the globalist agenda. Yes, the the whole aspect of population control. Oh, they'll use the guise of reproductive freedom and having one's control over their own body. You know all the cliches that are being utilized. Well, they are now underway once again. The World Economic Forum, and looking at LifeSiteNews.com, the group of global elites whom those on the political right love to hate has just issued its report on the biggest threats in 2024 and beyond. And at the top of its list of risk, not the climate right now, at least not immediately. The WEF based in Davos, Switzerland, says the biggest short-term risk is from fake news. While climate-related risk remain in a dominant theme, the threat from the misinformation and disinformation is identified as the most severe short-term threat in the 2024 report, the group claimed. The cascading shocks that have been uh, have beset the world in recent years are proving intractable. War and conflict, polarized politics, a continuing cost of living crisis, and the ever-increasing impacts of a changing climate are de- destabilizing the global order. The report reveals a world plagued by a duo of dangerous crises, climate and conflict. These threats are set against a backdrop of rapidly accelerating technological change and economic uncertainty. The globalists say that the growing concern about misinformation and disinformation is in large part driven by the potential for AI in the hands of bad actors to flood global information systems with false narratives. Friends, this is the left calling this out. It's it's called projection, where they are accusing others of doing what they themselves are doing. You've heard Bill Federer talk about this, Alex Newman, Gary Kahn, and others. But the 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 most the most important risk of of uh, the top ten number one on the list right now is misinformation and disinformation. That's followed by extreme weather events and societal polarization and cyber insecurity and other lists as well. So they're meeting together, and friends, as they get underway at this World Economic Forum, as they got underway, uh, there was, and uh, a lot of coverage coming here from LifeSiteNews.com and also TheNewAmerican.com. TheNewAmerican.com has been giving much information on this issue. But uh, an Amazonian shaman Wednesday, yesterday, performed a pagan ritual over a panel after the members discussed climate and nature at the World Economic Forum's 2024 meeting in Davos. After a discussion on how to enable a net-zero nature-positive future, a woman introduced as Chief Putani from, from a tribe of the Amazon gave a brief address asking for help in healing the planet. She then presented herself as representing the voice of nature and the voice of the forest and concluded, when we are all united in our hearts and thoughts, our Mother Earth will listen to us. She proceeded to engage in what appeared to be a pagan ritual blessing, rubbing her hands together, reciting a prayer before blowing air on the head of each of the panelists. The panelists and the chief then joined hands to the applause of their audience, received a standing ovation from some. Most notably standing was former U.S. Vice President and climate alarmist Al Gore. But here we see the paganism, bringing in a shaman to perform this pagan ritual uh, during the World Economic Forum. But there's been a bright light in all of this, a bright light, because there is the Argentina president. His name is uh, Javier Millet, and uh, he is uh, went and uh, actually is not bowing to the whims of the World Economic Forum, but actually has uh, spoken out in opposition against it. I'm going to play a few clips uh, from his address that he made. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic. 
Let me just stop here for a moment. You're going to be hearing it like what sounds like double audio, but he is speaking in his native language, and so you're hearing the English interpretation over it. So this is not a, a bad audio clip. This is this is as it's going forth, but you're hearing uh, the uh, the English interpretation as he's speaking. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just, and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, It's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax, and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes? Which means that the state is financed through coercion, and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion, and the lower the freedom. You know, he's speaking the truth. The state is financed through coercion and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion and the lower the freedom. And friends, we're experiencing just that. He also denounced uh, bloody abortion at the 2024 Davos summit. Uh, This is, uh, again, the Argentine president, newly elected uh, Javier Millet and has called out population control and the bloody abortion agenda during his speech at World Economic Forum. I have time for one clip now. We'll get another one in after the next break. Radical feminism agenda has led to is greater state intervention to hinder the economic process, giving a job to bureaucrats who have not contributed anything to society. Examples, um, ministries of, of women or international organizations devoted to promoting this agenda. Another conflict presented by socialists is that of humans against nature, claiming that we human beings damage the planet, which should be protected at all costs, even going as far as advocating for population control mechanisms or the bloody um, abortion agenda. Unfortunately, these harmful ideas have taken a strong hold in our society. Neo-Marxists have managed to co-opt the uh, common sense of the Western world, and this they have achieved by appropriating the uh, media, culture, universities, and also international organizations. The latter case is the most serious one, probably, because these are institutions that have enormous influence on political and economic decisions of the countries that make up the multilateral organizations. Fortunately, there's more and more of us who are daring to make our voices heard, because we see that if we don't truly and decisively fight against these ideas, the only possible fate is for us to have increasing levels of state regulation, socialism, poverty, and less freedom, and therefore uh, will be um, having worse standards of living. The West has unfortunately already started to go along this path. Okay, we're going to take a break here. We've got one more clip from him after the break, and I know it's a little difficult to understand because there is you hear him in his native tongue that is going uh, in the lower level of the audio and then the English interpretation that is taking place. But, wow, I mean, he is just standing up for, you know, totally against what the World Economic Forum is standing for and uh, taking a bold stand. But what he is saying is few and far between. You're going to be hearing from Klaus Schwab and from uh, Dr. Tedros as well at the WEF. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, many are claiming that birds are modern-day dinosaurs. Can this be true? No, it's not, Chris. Evolutionists must have an evolutionary story that they can tell people, and this is the one that they've chosen to use this decade. But the story isn't even consistent with the facts. Even given the evolutionary interpretation of the dates of the fossils, it doesn't fit. For instance, the first bird in the fossil record is dated by evolutionary standards to be before the dinosaurs, not after. And birds are so different from dinosaurs, it simply is impossible to think that a marvelously designed bird could come from a dinosaur. They are very different. The birds were created on day five of creation week and dinosaurs on day six, just like it says back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.icr.org. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, and indeed the World Economic Forum is underway as we speak in Davos, Switzerland, and pushing for world governance. Uh, you're going to be hearing uh, a, a discussion about preparing the world for disease X. What is this disease? Well, we haven't named it yet. We're waiting for it to come out. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Friends, they're calling, they're calling COVID-19 the first disease X knowing full well that there is going to be another one that's coming. We don't know the name of it yet, but it's going to come. You'll be hearing some audio clips on that as well. Uh, Let me just wrap up one last clip here from Argentina's uh, new president there, uh, Javier Millet, as uh, he is speaking out in opposition to the World Economic Forum's uh, push toward uh, abortion, uh, reproductive freedom, if you will, is what they will call it. And uh, let's hear just one more clip from him, and then we'll move on to hear from the U.N. Secretary, Antonio Guterres, as well. Radical feminism agenda has led to is greater state intervention to hinder the economic process, giving a job to bureaucrats who have not contributed anything to society. Examples, um, ministries of, of women or international organizations devoted to promoting this agenda. Another conflict presented by socialists is that of humans against nature, claiming that we human beings damage the planet, which should be protected at all costs, even going as far as advocating for population control mechanisms or the bloody um, abortion agenda. Unfortunately, these harmful ideas have taken a strong hold in our society. Neo-Marxists have managed to co-opt the uh, common sense of the Western world, and this they have achieved by appropriating the uh, media, culture, universities, and also international organizations. The latter case is the most serious one, probably, because these are institutions that have enormous influence on political and economic decisions of the countries that make up the multilateral organizations. Fortunately, there's more and more of us who are daring to make our voices heard, because we see that if we don't truly and decisively fight against these ideas, the only possible fate is for us to have increasing levels of state regulation, socialism, poverty, and less freedom, and therefore uh, will be um, having worse standards of living. Yeah, worse standards of living. And if we don't fight against these things, these things, fortunately, there's more voices now standing up against this. Uh, Neo-Marxism co-opting common sense. And we have to stand up against this or we're going to see this proliferation of socialism taking place all over the world. And uh, again, uh, the very bold statements coming from the Argentine president, uh, Javier Mille, as uh, he spoke at the World Economic Forum. But uh, I tell you, uh, he is not liked. He is not liked uh, for his standing up in uh, in uh, really being the voice of truth uh, in all of this. Well, the secretary general of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, is calling for global governance in a new multipolar global order at the World Economic Forum. Now, friends, keep in mind, I mean, we got, uh, you know, at least 100 nations there that are being represented. You've got all these corporations that are there, many corporations that you likely, uh, we all do business with in one way or another. Uh, And uh, yet we have them calling for a new multipolar global order. Matter of fact, the U.N. Secretary General says, I am confident we can build a new multipolar global order. Well, during a special address, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres said he is confident we can build this new multipolar global order with new opportunities for leadership and with balance and justice in its national relations. Let's listen to what he had to say. Here's a clip from Antonio Guterres. But I strongly believe it is possible to prevent this disastrous scenario. I am confident we can build a new multipolar global order with new opportunities for leadership and with balance and justice in international relations. But multipolarity creates complexity. Left to itself, it could deepen fault lines between North and South, East and West, developed and developing economies within the G20, and between the G20 and everyone else. And the only way to manage this complexity and avoid a slide into chaos is through a reformed, inclusive, networked multilateralism. Now, this requires strong multilateral institutions and frameworks 
and effective mechanisms of global governance. Without them, further fragmentation is inevitable and the consequences are clear. We see an epidemic of impunity around the world. We see some countries doing whatever it takes to further their own interests at all costs, from Russia's invasion of Ukraine to Sudan, more recently Gaza. Parties to conflict are ignoring international law, trampling on the Geneva Conventions, and even violating the United Nations Charter. Wow. Powerful words there coming from the UN Secretary General, General calling for a, well, global governance in this new multipolar order. And uh, friends, the voice itself is even creepy to me as you listen to him, but this is something that is being pushed like big time. Well, it is not this uh, new multi-polar you know, uh, order that is being looked at, but uh, also we have the Secretary General of the World Health Organization, the WHO, Dr. Tedros, uh, who has indicated that a new disease, a disease X pandemic, will certainly occur. A new disease X. Uh, he was uh, at an event entitled Preparing for Disease X. This is the uh, head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Ghebreyesus, Dr. Tedros, said that it is a matter of when, not if, for a new unknown disease to emerge. And I want you to hear what he had to say. Annually list the emerging diseases uh, and uh, MERS could be one, Zika, <laughs> Ebola, those we know. But then we said there are things that are unknown that may happen. And anything happening is a matter of when, not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the disease we don't know. That may come. And that was when we gave the name Disease X. Um, So Disease X is a placeholder for uh, unknown um, disease. Um, I just wanted to start by clarifying that because there is already a a lot of attention. If I may, although COVID came immediately, we were preparing for COVID-like uh, diseases. You, you may even call COVID as the first disease X. And it may happen again. Mm, of course, there are some people who say, oh, this may create panic. No. It's better actually to anticipate something that may happen because it has <laughs> happened in our history many times and prepare for it. We shouldn't face things unprepared. We can prepare for some unknown things as well. Dr. Tedros, he heads the World Health Organization, preparing everybody for disease X. Uh, The description of this event on the World Economic Forum's website states that disease X could lead to 20 times more fatalities than the coronavirus pandemic. Think about that, friends. According to Sky News report from August of 2023, U.K. scientists are already developing vaccines for a potential future pandemic caused by an unknown disease X in a secret government laboratory. If the mysterious disease X breaks out, the plan is to develop a vaccine within 100 days, according to the head of the U.K. Health Security Agency. How do you prepare a vaccine for something that you don't know what it is or Do they know what it is? From the New American, uh, we also find that the next health emergency, a planetary scope, is a matter of when, not if, proclaimed by Tedros Ghebreyesus. We just heard him, Director General of the World Health Organization. He is one of the keynote speakers, opened his remarks by clarifying the concept of disease X, describing it as a placeholder definition for a yet unknown disease that would be caused by a yet unknown hypothetical pathogen. He reminded the audience that the first uh, that the World Health Organization first came up with the definition back in 2018 by putting disease X on its short list of prioritized diseases and pathogens with the strongest potential to cause a global health emergency. In this sense, COVID-19 was the first disease X, and we were just preparing for COVID-like disease since 2018, he confessed. 
The New American uh, also reports that all WHO members should sign the so-called pandemic agreement by May of 2024, said the WHO director, elaborating that narrow national interests should not come into the way of concerted response to a common enemy. Folks, don't let your sovereignty as a nation, the United States of America, get in the way. Your narrow national interest should not come into the way of a concerted response to a common enemy. Tedros warned that without a shared response, we will face the same problem as we did during COVID, but did not, did not explain the ramifications of the treaty for national sovereignty, which will be transferred to the WHO, which would receive the power to announce the state of emergency, uh, decide on pandemic response measures like lockdowns, vaccine mandates, use of early treatments, medical protocols, censorship of misinformation, implementation of vaccine passports, travel and business restrictions, and distribution of resources. And this is very telling, friends. I'm reading from this, this great article from The New American, Paul Dragu writing it, another panelist, Preetha Reddy, the top executive of the major hospital system in India, reiterated the notion that disease X is definitely a clear and present danger. Contextualizing the preparations for this danger, really emphasized that similar to how armies undergo regular training for war readiness, healthcare systems need to be prepared for health emergencies. At any time, anything can happen. We don't know what side it's going to come from, and there's going uh, there's no going away from that. She said. She stressed the decisive leadership of the nations to do what we have to do and make hard decisions such as prompt vaccination interventions and the implementation of lockdowns is the most important element of the pandemic response. Friends, as people across this nation have woken up to what the government's intent was, close your houses of worship. We will tell you what stores are essential and which are not essential businesses. We, there were some that went so far as to tell you what aisles of the store you could shop in. What, what aisles? No, I'm sorry. These are non-essential products. But if you move over to aisle number four, you'll find the essential products and, and items that you can purchase during a pandemic. Folks, I'm not making this up. As for the involvement of medical systems, Reddy said that the implementation of technology in the training of doctors and nurses bore fruit during the COVID pandemic. As an example, she quoted that just within two weeks, her hospital system managed to train as many as 150,000 staffers to use ventilators on COVID patients, showing no remorse for using the invasive measure that was found to cause secondary bacterial pneumonia that killed or injured the majority of its recipients, according to various peer-reviewed studies and doctors' observations. Also, another element, according to the uh, uh, Damari, was quick action, quick decision making. He went on to boast that during the pandemic, AstraZeneca, a multinational pharmaceutical and biotechnology company, manufactured three billion doses of COVID vaccines, two thirds of which went to low and medium income countries via the COVAX program. I'm going to take a break right there. I want you to remember that statement. We're going to come back and talk more about this as the World Economic Forum panel is preparing the world for disease X. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Pastor Ken Spilger was discouraged. His church was not growing like he desired, and he wanted God to do something. He was invited to fly to a pastor's conference. On the way back, the plane hit trees just short of the runway. It crashed and erupted into a fireball. The pilots and two other pastors were killed instantly. Ken Spilger was the sole survivor of the crash and was pulled from the burning wreckage of the plane. He spent months at a hospital's burn unit. Ken's story is documented in Pulled from the Burning, a powerful documentary that shows how God changed his life, his family, and his church. Pulled from the Burning is available for a donation of $15. The set includes a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and a digital download. For Pulled from the Burning, call VCY America, one 800 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, covering the World Economic Forum today. The push for world governance is underway. And friends, there is so much, so much that is uh, afoot here with this conference. Goodbye to sovereignty as a nation. We are here to take over. We need to set aside, you know, certain things in order to, for the common good of the entire world. Well, we have this, uh, this matter going on about this disease X. And the the very uh, we were just talking about uh, the AstraZeneca and and uh, introducing uh, the uh, in the Covax program the uh, COVID shots that went to two thirds of what went to low and median income uh, countries. That notion drew praise from Gabriasis from the World Health Organization, who said that the move really helped. But both the director of WHO. And the pharmaceutical chair failed to mention the inconvenient fact that the jabs had been thrown at poor countries due to their prompt suspension by the developed countries. Canada didn't want it. Australia, the U.K., most of the E.U., South Africa, Indonesia, Malaysia. Within mere months of the rollout, those countries found AstraZeneca shots to cause blood clots and and, and other serious side effects. No, so we put it off on, on poor countries around the world. And now they're talking about a disease X. Now, friends, you couple this with what has been coming out in the news as of recent from Newsmax.com. This came out just Tuesday of this week. Chinese scientists affiliated with the military have engineered a lethal mutant coronavirus coronavirus strain. It's GXP2V with a 100% mortality rate in mice, igniting concerns over the potential transmission to humans. The unprecedented swift demise of all infected mice within eight days prompted the researchers to investigate it further. Surprisingly, the virus demonstrated high viral loads in the mice's brains and eyes, indicating a distinctive pattern of multiplication and spread distinct from the known behavior of COVID-19, reported by the DailyMail.com. Professor Francois Beloy, an infectious disease expert at University College London, wrote on X, quote, it's a terrible study, scientifically totally pointless. I can see nothing of vague interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Conversely, I could see how such stuff might go wrong. Could this be the new disease X? The new X that, that is being talked about here by the World Health Organization presenting at the World Economic Forum? to develop this new lethal coronavirus? Why are they doing this, ladies and gentlemen? Why are they bringing about such experiments? Keep in mind, one of the great agendas of these world governance and, 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 and groups like World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, is population control. You heard Bill Gates. You've heard the clips here on Crosstalk. If we do a real good job at vaccinations, we'll be able to save lives and reduce the population. Think about that, friends. And now, as what's going on in Davos, Switzerland, they're talking about this new disease X and preparing for it and working on a vaccine right now for it. From townhall.com, that's not all the World Health Organization's engaged in. In a newly revealed revelation, half of the members of the World Health Organization's Transgender Health Policy Committee are not qualified medical experts, but most are radical gender activists. Eleven of the World Health Organization's 21 members have no formal medical background training, while seven are transgender. Only 10 of the panelists have a degree in medical studies. One of the panelists is a controversial Canadian transgender activist and TikTok influencer who believes puberty blockers should be prescribed to all children regardless of their gender identity so they can choose their gender rather than being assigned one at birth. Another thing's undergoing gender transitioning poses no health risk, claiming that the only actual side effects of getting a sex change are a significantly improved quality of life, calling it trans joy. Is this why so many are going in and saying, we want to reverse this? We want to reverse these procedures? One panel member is Florence Ashley, a man identifying as a woman, the Canadian lawyer who sports a Be Gay, Do Crimes tattoo, 
has authored a study urging the access to sterilizing hormones in children under 12, citing the benefits of pre-pubertal transition. This is the same one that says, countries of the world, you need to sign on to this pandemic treaty. We got to make sure that there's no such pandemic that's going to happen across this, this globe again that we would not be able to take control of. The World Health Organization wants unlimited power in order to make all the calls in every single country around the world. You might as well burn the Constitution because this would supersede that. If we say you will be closed, you will be closed. If you have to be confined to your home, you will be confined. If we tell you to wear three masks, you're going to have to wear three masks. If we tell you you have to have the shot, you have to have the shot. If you have to have a, a passport in order to travel, a vaccination passport, guaranteeing that you've had your shot, then we will require such. This is what power and control is coming to them. But friends, uh, other issues are going on as well. As we talk about this, this this is of the devil. I want you to know that. Because it is all also, we talked about the shaman and, and having this blessing uh, beforehand. But we also see a trustee of the World Health Organization. I believe it's Fiki Sabisma. Serves as a chair of the, the, the Dutch multinational Royal Philips, a conglomeration in electronics and healthcare, employing some 80,000 people across 100 countries, talked about uh, this matter of environmental rights. And I want you to listen to a statement that was made. It's interesting because increasingly you see now in the legal systems the question, who have rights who can be defended? And normally in our normal thinking... It is humans, people, who have rights and can defend it. Things, nature, countries in itself, <clears throat> fields, cannot defend themselves. So they have no rights. And in the legal system, there's increasingly the question, people cannot defend them, or things that cannot defend themselves, could they still own rights? <laughs> Entities that cannot defend themselves can still own rights. You know what he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen? He's talking about giving the earth human rights, giving the earth, Mother Earth, human rights. But friends, it doesn't stop there as well, because uh, uh, in an, an attack against the, those who produce our food supply, this is farmers and ranchers and, and uh, dairy farmers, etc. Um, there is an attack there. Uh, all of this harms our environment. They're calling it now ecocide, ecocide, you know, like homicide. This would be ecocide. And there is one speaking there as well, uh, speaking on this matter of ecocide, Jojo Meta, founder of Stop Ecocide Now, an ally of Greta Thunberg, and told, uh, told a, a World Economic Forum panel about her desire to criminalize the side effects of making money from farming, fishing, and, and creating energy. Friends, you have to destroy the world's population to bring this about. She is founder of this group, Stop Ecocide Now. And she wants to criminalize, again, listen, the side effects of making money from farming, there's our food supply, and fishing, and creating energy. Let's listen in to this brief clip here. I mean, ecocide as a word is becoming more, it's becoming better known around the world. And the concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, but legally speaking, um, what our organization and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognized legally as a serious crime. Because one of the issues that sort of pervades all of this discussion is that we have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. Um, and that, I mean, you know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. Um, and so, and, and you know, unlike a, an international crime like genocide that in, involves a specific intent, with ecocide what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are... Um, you know, producing energy and so on um, as well. But what's, it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. 
Hear that? The collateral damage that happens from that. No wonder why we are seeing the uprising taking place in nations now like Germany. Farmers rebelling against uh, the, the dictates of government. You see what's happening in our own nation as well. The buying up of farmland by, uh, you know, the likes of Bill Gates, by the like of the, the Chinese. Trying to stop production from taking place across this land. Destroying land with the carbon capture pipelines and, and, and so much more. Matter of fact, as the PJ Media points out, speaking of the World Economic Forum's conference, Antonio Guterres condescendingly lectured about his favorite topic, uh, the alleged crisis of climate change. Because climate alarmists have not only been dead wrong for 50 plus years, and we know that they must be right this time, saying that 2023 went down as the hottest year on record, but it could be one of the coolest years of the future. And then he started to bash fossil fuels. I wonder why he didn't bash all the people for taking their private jets to come to Davos, Switzerland. And why didn't why didn't he bash them and saying, you know, instead, we could have done this by Zoom, this conference. And next year, we're going to do this by Zoom to save all these fossil fuels. No, no, that's not part of the plan. Oh, they'll have their luxurious dining taking place and eating the finest meats uh, and choice cuts around the world and all the fancy trimmings that go along with it. But no, we're going to put these controls on the world. And LifeSiteNews.com also points out Pope Francis praising Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum with a message that he sent. He sent a message of praise to the World Economic Forum and its founder, Klaus Schwab, writing that the group's annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, is an important opportunity in the wider attempt to explore innovative and effective ways to build a better world saying it is my hope, then, that the participants in this year's forum will be mindful of the moral responsibility that each of us has in the fight against poverty, the attainment of an integral development for all our brothers and sisters, and the quest for a peaceful coexistence among peoples. Additionally, he made mention of a fundamentally moral aspect of the current process of globalization, which is currently underway and which aims to shape the future of international uh, community. He stated, the process of globalization, which has by now clearly demonstrated the interdependence of the world's nations and peoples, has had a, thus has a fundamentally moral dimension, which would make itself felt in the economic, cultural, political, and religious discussions that aim to shape the future of the international community. While not promoting faith or religion as an answer to society's crisis, Current crises, Pope Francis called on nations and businesses to promote far-sighted and ethically sound models of globalization that would uh, that would uh, work, but power the service of the common good of our human family, giving priority to the poor, the needy, and those in the most vulnerable situations. And yet, friends, so many of these policies are targeting the vulnerable populations. We're going to open our phone lines, get your reaction to these things. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. Friends, they're making big preparations for Disease X coming up. We don't know when. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not if, it's when. We'll be back in a minute. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Our number, 800-733-9829. We'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. We sent a reporter to Taiwan, Colonel John Mills, and the CCP, well, according to many reports, they were hoping to interfere in the election. In fact, they even put out the word that the vice president, who was running for president under the DPP party, which would be kind of the Taiwan First Party, that if they were successful in the election, that would bring war. So they were apparently trying to scare the voters, but the DPP candidate won. Now the issue is what will happen? We know, according to numerous reports, that Xi Jinping, when in San Francisco a few months ago, told President Biden, we are going to take Taiwan one way or the other. Now it has come out this week that Biden says he does not support the independence of Taiwan. Folks, it seems as though there is going to be an attempt to take Taiwan. Keep your eye on that part of the world. I'm Brandon House for the Worldview Report.
Thanks to Sandy just handing me a story here uh, from Leo Homan, the World Academic Founder, World Academic Forum Founder and Chairman Klaus Schwab showed his true, what he says, Nazi colors at Davos today, saying that nations will soon no longer need to bother holding elections because voters could easily be replaced by artificial intelligence. AI is more capable, he said. He made this comment during an interview with uh, Google co-founder Sergey Brin, posted on X. But uh, he says, so technology now and digital technology mainly have an analytical power. Now we go into predictive power, and we have seen the first examples your company is very much involved in. He then came up with the globalist goods, making a stunning comment that no doubt will be buried by the mainstream media, saying that the next step for digital technology would be to replace voters with AI. Wow. Remember Yuval Harari, his top advisor, a few years ago said in an age of AI humans that they will no, humans will no longer have a free will? Transhumanism? Folks, it's all connected to this. You need to know what's afoot. Yeah, it's not pleasant information. We have no joy in sharing it with you. But as a watchman, we're blowing the trumpet. We're going to uh, pick up your calls here today on Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. And uh, let's go to uh, Dave in Phoenix, Arizona. Dave, you're on the air. Uh, yes, Jim. Thank you for your um, efforts and everything. And uh, don't give up. Uh, there's a lot of people that depend on your observations and stuff that you give us and we need that thank you thank you for your call uh let's see wayne in gregory south dakota you're on the air hi thank you for taking my call uh the disease x i wanted to comment on that and one other thing uh i was wondering if they maybe don't have a plan of what they think they can control they uh release this so that people could see how deadly it is and everything, to frighten people into accepting whatever they put out there, yeah. you know, for, yeah. because two of the greatest things that people are afraid of is plague and starvation. And uh, that is something I wonder if they wouldn't be attempting to do. And the second thing is distasteful, but I just wanted to point out the hypocrisy and the immorality of these people in their little Sodom and Gomorrah setting over there yeah supposedly they have flown in i have heard read from 2000 or more prostitutes for this now if that doesn't point out their immorality and hypocrisy of what's going on over there i don't know what does yeah. anyway thank sorry you. to get into a that but i just wanted to point that out as well wayne thank you for your thoughts here today indeed fear equals control if we can keep the populace fearful we will be able to control them. Chris is calling from Michigan. Chris, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Thanks so much for your program. And I agree, pointing out everything that's going on. And those of us who listen, it's almost like preaching to the choir. We need to share this with people yeah. who are falling for everything that's being dished out to them. When COVID happened, uh, I didn't follow along with anything. And so, as it was mentioned, this fear factor, people need to not be afraid People need to pray, and let's share this with people who are still in the dark. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate the comment here. And friends, again, within just a couple hours, this will be posted up on our website. Share the link with others. If you want a CD hard copy to cover duplication and mailing expense, we do ask for a donation of $6 for CDs. If you want to get multiple CDs, uh, 10 or more, there'll be a little bit of discount with that. But uh, you can reach out to our switchboard, 800 729 9829. To Tennessee, we go. Merle, you're on the air. Yeah, Jim. The WEF and the WHO are all branches of the UN. Yeah. And the UN just recently uh, gave itself more global authority. And uh, the UN also, I believe it was last week, came out, and I quote They said that digital ID along with vaccine passports will be mandatory to participate in the marketplace and society. Hmm. That was very interesting. It is. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. George in Phoenix, Arizona, you're on the air. Yes, hey, God bless you guys, and thank you for the wonderful work. Keep it up. I'm just really fearful of the future of, uh, of the ones who are not willing to look 
at the Lord. And when he says, I love you this much, that's why I died for you on the cross. Yeah. But don't be afraid to the ones that really believe and are saved. Don't be afraid because I have conquered the world. Yes. This, this earth is going to, uh, to get worse and worse. Remember what he said. There will be wars and rumors of wars. But don't be afraid. The end is not yet. I am with you till the end. He didn't say till the end of, of eternity. He said to the end of time on earth. So hold fast. It's, it's going to be a bumpy ride. But just like a, an adventure of a roller coaster, when we hear that trumpet, that's when we're going to feel those beautiful butterflies when he lifts us up and we meet him in the sky. And we come back with his reign to take care of the evil. Thank you, George. Appreciate your call here today. Uh, uh, keep your eyes on the Lord, friends. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Even such troublesome times. Pam in La Crosse, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Hello, Jim. Thank you, first of all, and God bless you for addressing this. The, um, so, as I said yesterday, people need to not be afraid. They need to pray, but they also need to call their senators and their congresspeople and they need to say, we need to get out of the WHO. We need to kick the UN out of the United States. The people in those organizations are licking their chops because they are getting money from the American taxpayers, a lot of money, and it's time we end that now. How dare they tell us how to live our lives and um, try to circumvent our legislature and our Constitution. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. And indeed, let your voice be heard, friends. I mean, when it comes to this pandemic treaty uh, for the month of uh, May, uh, to let your senators and your House of uh, Congress, your uh, House members recognize, and those that are campaigning for that position right now, uh, that, that you will not tolerate this as a citizen of the United States to surrender the sovereignty of this nation to the World Health Organization. Friends, it's frankly evil. It's clandestine. It is very anti-God. I wish we had more time. Uh, Sorry to other callers on hold here, but we've run out of time. Friends, uh, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Indeed, these are perilous times. We don't fear during these times. We're aware of such times. But friends, let's proclaim the Word of God. And those of you listening right now who do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, place your trust in Him today. Friends, we're we're getting to a, a boiling point here across this nation around the world. And I need you to recognize the fact that you need to place your trust in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.